Now we are continuing with part two of the first element of your armoring and that is, stand therefore having girded your waist with the truth. We spent the last time simply talking about the word stand, histemi, stand against. The importance is that there is an active engagement of the enemy and not a passive acquiescence. So whenever these emotions, and this is just these are just summary statements of the last of the last broadcast. Whenever you are in an evil day, it is imperative that you understand that no matter how it feels, no matter what emotions you are contending with, the Spirit of the Lord will visit you, will tell you what the truth is and He, by telling you that, requires you to stand up. The truth is He is standing up in you. He is standing up in you and when He does, He will take the ground whether or not you feel like you've taken the ground in that day and the truth is you won't know that until the next time those thoughts arise and they do not paralyze you like they did when they first came up. That's when you know you've taken the day. So it's not about your emotions at all, it's about the recognition that the Sovereign Lord in the presence or in the form of the Holy Spirit brings out elements of your renewed mind and captures the thought as it emerges in your soul, captures it from the viewpoint or from the standpoint of your spirit. It's how your spirit is restored to the rulership of your being. The soul got out from under the rule of the spirit when man sinned and remains in that condition in the entire time that we are in the kingdom of darkness. As you are translated into the kingdom of God, there is a resetting of everything, a renewing of the mind, it's called. And this renewal is to bring the mind of the soul back under and in alignment with the mind of the spirit. When it does, you will overthrow your enemy. Now, let me, let me move forward here, otherwise we'll spend the entire five series on just girding up the loins with the truth. Having your waist girded with the truth. The girding is a binding up, um, a tightening up and it requires you to be actively involved, recognizing that you are in an evil day. When the trial comes, as soon as you can realize you are in an evil day, the sooner you will be able to effectively employ your, 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 um, your capabilities against your enemy. Now the enemy chooses surprise, 
it's, his, it's one of his greatest weapons. You know, when, when we are subject to a surprise, it disadvantages us more than it should. In other words, when you are assailed, when your emotions are assailed, it takes a while for you to realize that the feelings you are having are not necessarily the feelings you ought to have. Uh, I was once um, the subject of a robbery. Well, I've been the subject of robberies more than once. But personally, I was in, uh, in a meeting uh, where someone broke in. My son Nick and I were in a meeting. Um, uh, he was planning to go to China uh, to teach English and, and in fact did go with Rebecca uh, right after they were married. So I accompanied him uh, to this meeting in the basement of a church building uh, here in the city of Albuquerque where I live. And we were all at the meeting and uh, suddenly a back door which was left unlocked was opened and a man came in wearing a mask and brandish, brandishing a pistol and announcing that this was a holdup. And uh, for a moment it just didn't seem real. I thought actually, my mind went to I think that the, uh, the, Chinese, the brethren who were Chinese were trying to create more or less a role play to try to, try to prepare the students for uh, any kind of sudden unexpected encounter perhaps with the Chinese military or secret service or secret police. And that's where my mind went. I could not get my mind around the fact that we were being subject to a robbery. And, but we were subject to a, an armed robbery. Anyway, I, I, I won't... Later, later on when Nick and I were driving home, uh, he said to me, he said, yeah, I've taken martial arts all this, these years and by then he had a double black belt or something like that in, uh, in a form of martial arts. And uh, he said, I was sitting there and there was not a thing I could do. I said, it's good you didn't do anything. You know. Now the point is that when you are suddenly attacked, the enemy doesn't give you warnings, he doesn't say, I'm coming on Thursday at 2 p.m. You know, right in your coffee break and um, I will I will deploy an anxiety attack against you. you know, so watch out for it. <laughs> That's not ever how he comes. Comes suddenly, comes quickly, rushes in on you. And when that happens, your mind goes to some very different place initially. And it takes time to recover and to assess the reality of the situation and to do so accurately. So your initial emotions are stirred in a way that largely makes you ineffective. So one of the key elements of spiritual warfare 
is to recognize when you are in an evil day and to move quickly to stand up. Now you stand because the Holy Spirit tells you what is going on. Your natural senses do not and are not reliable. They're not reliable. Now when the Holy Spirit engages your mind, He does so in two ways. Number one, He brings peace to you in the moment. And number two, He he rekindles some understanding of the Word that you've previously hidden in your heart and He brings that back to you. Therefore you can operate out of a place of peace and you can operate out of a place of exactness of how you ought to respond, the exactness of the truth in which you might respond. What knocks us out is we linger in the surprise, thinking that somehow the answer lies in fathoming what the surprise really is. Is the surprise the truth? And those initial thoughts that we are that are stirred up and the emotion, the emotions that go with them, is that the truth or is what the Holy Spirit telling us is, uh, is the truth? There's that war that goes on quickly. And the longer you engage the and indulge the familiar emotion, the slower you are in recognizing that this is an evil day and you are under attack. Now, but, but specifically now, your loins. Why does he choose that term? Why does he say having your loins girded with the truth. Because it is a reference to your reproductive capability, your reproductive capability. Quite obviously he's speaking without regard to whether or not a person reading this is a male or a female. So you can't be literal about this. Every son of God has uh, the the capacity to give birth to something. We have the right and the capability of giving birth to a response. How do we respond? It's true of a woman, it's true of a man. Because here we're talking about the soul and the spirit, not the body. And men and women uh, are men and women in their bodies. They're not men and women in their souls or in their spirits. These are the non-physical parts of being and are part of our structure as sons of God, whereas our bodies are primarily structures that relate to our place as humans. So having your loins, he analogizes to loins, it's common in Scripture to analogize to the human body 
when we're being taught about things of the Spirit. For example, uh, 1 Corinthians 12 begins by saying, Now the body, though it's comprised of many members, is one body, and all the parts are many, they, are, they, they constitute one body, and so it is with Christ. So he uses the human body to analogize to the body of Christ and saying what is true with the human body has an analogous reference to the body of Christ. Now, just like the human body has various parts and he enumerates some of the parts, the hand, the eye, the ear and so on, but that's where the similarity stops because the reference is then to humans, to the spirits of persons joined to and assembled to the body of Christ. So you can't go beyond that, beyond the analogous reference. Then you must see what it is in terms of its spiritual implication. So here we have the loins which are associated with the reproductive capabilities of the human being. And it would be true uh, that this reference would be true of both men and women uh, in, in their spirits. So what is it that, that the loins references? I mentioned before that 1 Peter chapter 3, uh, 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 3 says, Gird up the loins of your mind. So rather than this being a reproductive capability analogous to the body, it is about what you produce in your mind. So you tie up uh, your mind with the truth, with the althea, uh, with that which is true. Well, this tells us that when you are under attack, your role then in resisting this attack and in standing up to the enemy is to capture the emotions that arise out of the soul and to bind them up securely in what is true. In other words, the moment you are under attack, the attack, as we've been saying, the attack is how your body takes in through one of the five senses, how your body takes in the situation and associates it with something you've experienced previously that was painful. Now if you let it go unchecked, it'll produce that emotion that it first produced when you were in your mother's womb and her emotions began to become your base emotions. Anytime the emotion is stirred up, and it typically is stirred up by some, uh, 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 some instance, some incident that is reoccurring, and by now you have no connection in your mind 
between the feelings that are now presently being generated and where those emotions were first implanted in your soul. All you know is you feel in this familiar, helpless way. Now because emotions begin to be implanted in your soul, in the mind of your soul, before you are even born, there's no way for you in many instances, there's no way for you to figure out what is happening to you, only that these are old familiar feelings and you're not responsible to figure it out because it lies beyond the reach of your memory. Now, you can easily see how people spend their whole lives being captured by these familiar emotions. If you don't know what they are, you can't fix them by trying to find out what they are, how they happened and what you may do about it. I mean, I've talked to you before about John the Baptist and the emotions of his mother Elizabeth when Elizabeth heard from Mary about the angel who had visited her and told her, told Mary to come up and talk to Elizabeth about John, the child she was carrying. And the beautiful response of Elizabeth as she spoke out of a place of ecstasy and joy, her emotions passed down to John in the womb. Thirty years later when Jesus and John are talking to each other in the river Jordan and before John had any indication as to who Jesus was because he didn't know until after he had baptized Jesus, the Holy Spirit descended on him and John said that's the first clue he had as to who Jesus was. So the same emotion that came upon him through his mother when he was in the womb is the same emotion that came back to him thirty years later when Jesus was again standing in front of him, this time they're both out of their mother's womb by thirty years. These things happen to us and we react, John reacted to Jesus in an uncharacteristic fashion. He said to Jesus, you need to baptize me. Why? Because he had the same emotion thirty years later that he had when he was in his mother's womb. My point is, things that happen to you even from the womb will affect you for the rest of your life and you don't know why. So how do you break out of that cycle if the things that affect you and affected you, affected you negatively. You you use the truth and you bind up the emotions of your soul, of of your mind with what is true. It's the fashion in which you subdue these negative emotions. You must tell yourself what is true. Now, Who in your being tells you what is true? As between 
your spirit, your soul and your body. The body is hosting all of this but the soul is what is in turmoil, so it cannot remedy itself. But the spirit, your human spirit as a son of God is now in communion with the Spirit of God and the Spirit of God tells you what the truth is. So now your spirit knows the truth but your soul is going to push back because of how it feels. But your spirit has encountered the Spirit of Truth who is the Holy Spirit who reliably tells you, tells your spirit what the truth is. So now your spirit needs to agree with the Holy Spirit and bind up the emotions of your soul with the truth that the Holy Spirit has told your spirit. That's what you do because you cannot dig it out of your soul because your soul doesn't know when it came in. And if you think that searching it out is the way you'll come to an answer, you'll never have an answer and you'll walk around broken in that area of your life for your whole life. You cannot reason your way out of this. It's sort of like trying to catch an anchor and it takes you all the way to the bottom but you think if you could hold on long enough you'll be able to figure it out. No, you can't. There comes a point where you have to let go of it otherwise it'll drown you. But your enemy is counting on you to hold on to it thinking that that's the way you're going to figure it out. God gives you a release, He gives you a way of escape by speaking to your spirit, His spirit to your spirit, telling your mind what is true. There you have a choice, the spirit is speaking to your spirit, your spirit agrees with the Holy Spirit, you know what's true but your soul is hanging on. As long as your soul hangs on, you're going to be captive to the lie. But if your soul will agree to simply come under the rule of your spirit, you will have girded up your loins with the truth, with the truth. The reason the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Truth, Jesus said, however when He comes, the Spirit of Truth, He will guide you into all the truth. Now the Holy Spirit knows the truth from the viewpoint of God which is to know the end of every matter from the beginning. So there's nothing missing in what the Holy Spirit has for you. But the soul has reason as its basis of reality, the soul will reason and the emotions that come out of the heart overthrow the reason because you make decisions in the soul always based upon your emotions but you justify them 
you make the case for them at the conscious level by the reason of your soul, by, by the mind of your soul. So what has to be adjusted is the mind. The mind needs to recognize that the emotions are unrelated to the truth and put down the emotions, reel in the emotions, bring them back. So it's called the loins, it's called the loins of your mind because it is capable of producing a false reality, it has the capacity to produce but what it produces when it's not bound up by the truth is a false reality. Now you know that it's false because year after year, decade after decade, it keeps you in bondage to the lie. Now look, whose voice speaks to you when the result of that speaking is to humiliate you, to demean you, to cut you off at the knees, to make you feel like you're not worthy, to accuse you, to degrade you, whose voice is speaking to you when that's the effect? And when that's the effect year after year after year, decade after decade, for the span of nearly a lifetime, whose voice is that? Is it your own voice? Because there are only three voices that speak to you. Your own voice, the voice of the enemy, or the voice of the Holy Spirit. Look at the result. Do you want to inflict that level of pain and disappointment and self-criticism upon yourself decade after decade? Would you ever want to do that? Would you ever consent to that knowingly? Not a chance, so it's not your voice. Would the Holy Spirit keep you in this kind of darkness and despair and is this the fruit of the Spirit? When the Bible tells us that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, gentleness, patience, goodness, faith, is that the fruit of the Spirit? The Spirit's activity, does it produce that? The answer is not a chance. Then whose voice is speaking to you and what do you owe to that voice? Is it clearly not your enemy who comes to rob you, to steal from you, to kill you, to destroy you? That is why it is imperative that you bind up using the truth that the Spirit speaks to your spirit, you bind up your mind strongly against this incursion that comes to take you as a captive and you do it with the truth. The Holy Spirit will tell you what the truth is and you agree with the Holy Spirit. When you do, 
you've tied up your enemy's access to the way your thoughts run and how your thoughts influence your behavior. Stand therefore, having girded up your waist or your loins with the truth. We'll go on to the next element when we continue. I'm Sam Solon. Talk to you then. Bye bye.